This is the Washington Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Well, it is the end of the year, and we have something really fun planned for you this week. So many of you know that our organizing director from Indivisible, Nina Musavi, is an amateur chef. In fact, she is known to share original recipes in her email newsletters. So as part of this year in celebration, Nina is going to be preparing a holiday recipe for us. Also, we are going to be hearing from members of Congress here in the state with some holiday greetings just for us. I am incredibly excited about all of this. I've been looking forward to this all week. So uh, let's bring in our friend Kat Pipkin. She is, of course, the executive producer of the show. She's also a member of the Washington Indivisible Network Steering Committee. Kat, hello, hello, hello. Happy holidays. How are you, friend? Hey, happy holidays. Let's bring in Nina, too. Nina is here, of course, and she's in her kitchen. Hello, Nina. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. Happy holidays. This is very, very exciting. Are you both getting uh, geared up for the holidays? How are you both doing preparation-wise? Kat, how are you doing? Well, I have my traditional ficus decorated. Uh, I've been decorating a ficus ever since we lived in Texas. So, uh, just it's it's my ficus with like a thousand ornaments on it. It's epic. I love that. And Nina, how how are things going for you? Are you feeling like you're kind of uh, ahead of the curve here? You run on schedule. Yeah, about right on schedule. A couple more gifts I've got to get for folks, and uh, we did get a Christmas tree this year. We haven't had one for a couple of years, and um, for those who haven't met my partner Michael, he's about six foot three, six foot four, and his one requirement was that the tree is taller than him because I love mini trees. I really, really love the look of like a small, scrappy looking tree on top of a table, and he hates it. So that was our one requirement. So we have a nice eight foot tall tree later on i'll i'll take the camera over there and show you all so you can see so we're all set and ready to go with the festivities we demand a tour and uh <laughs> yeah I, I honestly i'm I, i'm five foot nine soaking wet as i like to say so i'm jealous of michael uh for his height um so nina uh this is really unprecedented on the show we're thinking about uh you know maybe inking a, a deal with food network here as sort of a spinoff <laughs> what are we cooking tonight so um, tonight we were doing French onion soup. This is the ultimate comfort food. It's one of my favorite things to make. It's also one of my favorite things to eat. Uh, when I was living in Washington, D.C., I was on the hunt for the best French onion soup that any restaurant had. Um, I still don't feel like I've I've figured out the best one, but I have some top contenders. And now I've created my own recipe to try to match uh, match the, the experts. So I'll be making that tonight. French onion soup is one of my very favorite things. It is very comforting. And I should mention that we are recording right around dinner time here. It just <laughs> shook out that way. And so I'm going to try to you know curb my hunger pangs as we go here. What did people need to get ready to cook this, uh, this wonderful, wonderful dish you're going to prepare? All right. Well, I'm going to take you over to my little station over here with my mise en place. A mise en place is essentially uh, all of your ingredients out and ready for you to use. So we are here. Hello, everyone. Um, you've got a couple of ingredients for this meal. Uh, the first and most important, obviously, is some onions. I like to slice them nice and thin. I use a yellow onion. You can use white onions or sweet onions as well, depending on the flavor. Um, you'll need some garlic. You can use fresh. I do a combination of fresh and some um, granulated uh, garlic. You can also do garlic salt as well. Um, I go heavy on the garlic because I love it. 
A classic French onion calls for thyme as the herb. I choose to go a little bit of a different route because I don't like thyme and I do some rosemary and some sage. Um, I will be using fresh and powdered sage and fresh and dried rosemary tonight. So really get that herby aroma. Uh, this next ingredient is also one that um, there are several different ways to do it. I like to use a white balsamic vinegar. Um, the classic recipe calls for red wine. So if you have like a little bit of a bottle left, you can use that one. Um, you can also use regular balsamic vinegar, white wine vinegar, Prosecco vinegar, red wine and vinegar. Everything um, in that vinegar family can, can be used and works well. Um, you can either use butter or olive oil. My trick is that I actually use both of them. Your base, um, I, pers I personally use an organic chicken stock because I buy it in bulk from Costco. The traditional recipe calls for a beef broth, full sodium beef broth. The French don't like to skimp out on low fat, low sodium, anything. They prefer the full flavor. Uh, if you are vegetarian or vegan, you can also use a mushroom broth as well. You'll need some sugar. I choose brown sugar, uh, but regular uh, white sugar will work as well. You cannot use powdered sugar. Do, do not use powdered sugar. Um, and then you'll need a little bit of flour and I'll show you how much later it really is not very much. Um, and then the last two ingredients, these are the toppings. You're gonna have shredded cheese and breadcrumbs. I prefer any cheese that has like a good melting quality to it. Um, personally, I, I prefer a Gruyere. The classic recipe also is a Gruyere or a Swiss or a combination of the two. Um, and for the breadcrumbs, my preference is sourdough. The French like to use a classic French baguette. Today, the only bread that I had in the fridge was um, a walnut raisin bread. So we're going to see how it turns out um but it, it might not be very good and i might be scraping the top off or it might be remarkable we'll see uh, behind me is an oven mitt that has mozzarella the dog's face all over it <laughs> at some point i'm sure she'll be making an appearance we have her uh michael has her in a different room so that she doesn't bark all through this but i might let her out to make an appearance um but she is the star of every room that she's in Kat, I thought you were going to burst when Nina showed the the oven mitt with mozzarella's face all over it. And actually, right? that's, a, that's a really good transition because before we get to the cooking portion, Nina has just a couple more things to do before we get going. I thought it'd be really fun to take a little bit of a break from politics this year and just talk about some of our favorite other things. You know, we're well-rounded <laughs> people, right? So music, TV, film, developments in science, even cultural moments. Kat, what are, what are some of the most noteworthy things uh, for you this year? Well, I've got to go with Ukrainian resistance for the win. President Biden working with leaders worldwide to shut Russia down economically and continually going to bat even over Republican resistance for Ukraine regarding funding and supplies. Um, I think folks probably already know that the sorry, 
politics. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll give you a pass. It's Rolling a holiday. with the homies. Okay. Um, the omnibus includes like almost $45 billion in, in aid for Ukraine. Um, and I, I cannot personally overstate the real and symbolic importance of supporting Ukraine and ha- what that has in terms of global democracy. Second thing I'd love to lift up is that space scientists accomplished amazing things this year, once again, proving that international partnerships are the way to history-making missions. Just to name two things in this realm, um, the most powerful space telescope in the world reached its destination a million, million with an M miles away, folks, and uh, also photographed the never-before-seen supermassive black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Now we're going to be able to view planets outside of our own solar system. I mean, come on. That's amazing. And then the second incredible thing that NASA did this year is their mega moon rocket, the Space Launch System, uh, which blasted into space and successfully landed back here after completing Artemis One's historic moon mission. Uh, fun fact, the splashdown of the landing capsule occurred 50 years to the day after our last uh, moon landing, which was um, Apollo 17. That was the last mission to touch down on the lunar surface from the United States. So I am personally looking forward to Artemis II's human lunar missions in 2024, 25, and 26. Nina, what were some of your favorite things of this year? So um, I'll also stay on theme with uh, resistances around the world. Um, the movement for um, women's rights in Iran has been a personal favorite. I am Iranian, so uh, it's a something that really hits home for me. We lived there when I was a little kid. So seeing... Um, seeing everything that is happening because of women um, of all ages in, in Iran and the men and, and other people who are standing with them is really powerful. I live in the Iranian neighborhood in Los Angeles. It's called Westwood. Uh, so it's been really cool to see all of the shops and everybody have uh, posters and all of the billboards have been bought out and all of them say women, life, freedom. Uh, that's the phrase that um, the the protest movement in Iran has been using. You might hear it in Farsi. It's Zan Zendegi Azadi. That means women, life, freedom. And um, it is holding really, really strong um, as a movement in Iran and also here and in Persian communities across the world. So that's been really beautiful. Um, I'm also really excited about the science stuff. I can't speak to it with any sort of eloquence like Kat did, but I think it's freaking awesome. Um, and I am pretty excited that uh, many of my favorite shows came back uh, for new seasons. Um, and I'm going to just do like a shameless nerd plug for every spinoff of star wars that disney plus is doing like literally every single one is amazing i could i could watch that for hours and hours on end and i can't i can't consume enough of it i wish i wish disney plus was producing even more of it I will. I'm glad that you brought in television because absolutely <laughs> the, the the cultural moments I think are far more significant. And yet we spend I spend uh, far more time watching television than is probably oh, good. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, and, and television is extraordinarily good right now. I'll I'll go absolutely there with you on uh, the Star Wars franchise, particularly Andor. I thought Andor was absolutely Andor was phenomenal. Yeah, it's 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 really I think probably the most grown up you know production that the Star Wars franchise 
franchise has ever produced. They put story and character ahead of pyrotechnics and special effects. And I love all the special effects, but it was really cool to see. Um, White Lotus on HBO uh, was absolutely phenomenal. It managed to be better than the first season somehow. Uh, I, I think Mike White is getting his due. I've, I've been a fan of his for probably about 20 years, ever since his first feature film called Chuck and Buck. And uh, I just, it's, it's wonderful to see. There was a great show on FX called Better Things that had its series finale this year. Uh, it was developed by a, a woman named Pamela Adlon. Most people would recognize her as the voice of Bobby Hill on King of the Hill. Um, probably one of the best things ever about what it's like to be a creative person in middle age. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Nice to meet you. And since we're cooking tonight, there's a show on Hulu called The Bear, which is apparently a very accurate look at what it's like to work in a restaurant kitchen. I am just starting it now. I love starting shows after they've completed because then I can binge the entire thing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there were phenomenal new albums by Barty's Strange, Soccer Mommy, and Pine Grove. And uh, in terms of just favorite cultural moments, I have to call out Lizzo playing James Madison's flute. Uh, really just an incredibly transcendent moment. Let's take a look at that. Well, Kat, to set the mood for our cooking segment with Nina, we have some season's greetings from some familiar faces. Can you uh, cue some of those up for us? I will. And in fact, I think we need to start with Representative Derek Kilmer, because if you look closely, there's a bunch of Star Wars references on his office. <laughs> nice. Hey, folks, Derek Kilmer here, proud representative for Washington's 6th Congressional District. I want to wish you all a safe and happy holiday season and a terrific new year. As we close out 2022, so much to be thankful for. Because of your hard work, we were able to make some incredible progressive advances this past year. The passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, which will lower health care costs, allow for prescription drug price negotiation under Medicare, and makes the most significant investment in combating the climate crisis in our nation's history. It is a big deal. The passage of the most significant gun safety legislation in decades that is a big deal. The passage of the PACT Act to make sure that veterans who've been exposed to toxic chemicals in service to our country are getting the health care that they have earned, and so much more. So a lot to be proud of because of your hard work. So listen, enjoy the holidays. Be sure to rest up, eat some delicious food, because we've got work to do in 2023 to continue to strengthen our democracy and to continue the fight to make sure we have an economy that works better for everybody. But thank you for all the work that you do. And I wish you the best of the holiday season. Take care, everybody. That was absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Congressman Kilmer. We appreciate all of your work as well. All right, Nina, with that, we're going to turn things over to you. So, okay, we're going to start with step one. So you want to use, like I mentioned before, Dutch oven um, or a just like a thick bottom regular soup pot is fine. Um, with the Dutch oven, the, the heat turns out better. So I prefer it, but obviously use whatever you have in your kitchen. Um, you'll turn it to a medium heat. And this is when you are going to add in some butter and or olive oil. For me, it's and olive oil. So I use about a tablespoon of it. And then I just pour in olive oil to my heart's content. 
you'll notice when it comes to cooking for me, I don't really cook with like a strict recipe or measurements. It's why I'm terrible at baking. I have like zero discipline when it comes to, oh, I need to do like measured this much flour and this much sugar. Like that just, that's not for me. I cook with like how I'm feeling. So um, for anybody who has that discipline to bake, I am like in utter awe of you. So you're going to want to really like, I'm going to make up a word, aromify the, the pot um, by adding the garlic and all of your uh, herbs and spices. You're going to do all of the herbs and spices again for flavor, but you want that base to cook with the onions. So I start with some pepper and salt. Um, I like to use one of these little like uh, pepper grinders to do some crushed pepper, but a pepper shaker is also fine. Then um, I am going to do a little bit of the granulated garlic because like I mentioned before, I freaking love garlic. So I use a lot of it. And then we're going to add some of the rosemary, the dried rosemary. We're going to use the fresh rosemary later, the dried rosemary to start and the fresh sage to start. We'll use the dried sage later. The reason that I do that is because I actually use the fresh rosemary leaves um, in their full form once the broth is in there, actually to just add the flavor, but not to cook in there. And with the sage, I like my fresh sage crispy. So I chop it up and I add it in at the beginning so that it really cooks in that oil and that butter to make it crispy. So you are going to let this kind of aromify to, again, use my made up word. And I do that for, I'd say probably 30 seconds. And then you are going to add all of your onions. So if you see, I slice mine into these like little, little slivers and you're just going to add all of it in there. So with the onion, you are going to want to let it reduce down and we're going to make it like a caramelized onion. So I am going to add another tablespoon of butter, another little splash of olive oil. I'm going to give it a stir. And then we're going to keep it on medium heat and put the lid on and let it cook for, I'd say about four to five minutes. You're going to want to let it cook all in that, in those herbs, in the butter, in the oil to get it to reduce down. And then afterwards, we'll caramelize it. Perfect. Let's take this opportunity to hear from another one of our elected officials, Kat. All right. Let's take uh, a moment to hear from Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland down in Washington's 10th Congressional District. This is U.S. Representative Marilyn Strickland from the 10th Congressional District of Washington State. I want to wish Washington Indivisible a very happy holiday season. And I want to thank you for all the work that you have done. What I appreciate most about Indivisible is that you do your homework, you ask thoughtful questions, and you're focused on actually making progress. You understand how legislation works. Considering where we started in 2021 when I first got sworn in, it's been a remarkable 117th Congress. We passed the American Rescue Plan. We came up with a plan to address the pandemic. We passed the CHIPS Act. 
We passed the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill, and we recently passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which has as its centerpiece the ability to negotiate the price of drugs, to drive down the cost of prescription drugs, and to cap insulin at $35 a month. And it makes the most historic investments in addressing climate change. So while the Democrats will not be in the majority going into 2023, I feel very optimistic. We have new leadership. We are emboldened by the fact that in this last election cycle, we actually did okay. And President Biden is the first president who did not lose Senate seats. So thank you so much for everything that you do. We will live to fight another day. And again, let's make sure that we as a nation focus on the promise of liberty and justice for all. Happy holidays. Kat, I love what she had to say there about how we do our homework. We ask thoughtful questions. We get things done. Uh, And I think she's directing that to the folks down there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I just I want to give a shout out to Indivisible Tacoma and Olympia Indivisible in particular for the work that they do with the Congresswoman. Nina, what were your thoughts about Congresswoman Strickland's uh, remarks? I loved it. I I really appreciated that she um, made the video individualized and that she is recognizing the work that our Indivisible groups are doing across the state and specifically in her district. Um, It wasn't always... um, politically expedient for members to uh, lean that far left and and be in, you know, recognizing the work that progressives have, progressives have been doing. It was m- more often than not more politically expedient to be a little bit more moderate. So it's great to see that she is giving that recognition and giving that appreciation. And it's like Kat said, huge shout out to the work that Indivisible Tacoma and Olympia Indivisible have been doing down there. Absolutely right. How is our recipe coming along? Our recipe is coming along really well. And like I mentioned, we're going to be adding in the herbs and spices again, multiple times throughout our cooking here. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn my camera so you can kind of see what these onions are going to be looking like. So if you can see, they're starting to reduce down and onions will kind of have a little bit of like natural oils that they'll bring to a dish. Um, So you don't need to necessarily go super heavy on the oil and butter unless you like it for the taste. For me, I like it for the taste, which is why I go a little bit heavier. So I'm going to add a couple more of a couple more little splashes of these spices to really bring out the flavor of the spices and the onions. This is where I add in my powdered stage is at this phase of the onions. And then again, I'll do it when we add the broth and stuff in as well. Do a little bit of cracked pepper and a little bit more salt. Like I mentioned, I really like the flavor of olive oil and butter. So I'm going to do another splash of olive oil and then give it a little stir. And we're going to leave it for about one more minute, and then we'll be ready to do the caramelizing process of the onions. Now, remember, the onions are your base for this entire recipe, so they're the most important part. So you want to be really, really gentle to your onions and you don't want to rush it. You don't want to overcook it because if you rush the cooking process and they don't cook enough, then what you get is an onion soup that has 
kind of like a chunky taste to it where you kind of have to bite into the onion and it still tastes a little bit raw. The way to get it to have that really thin, um, stringy onion feeling to it is to properly let it cook down. So if anybody has made French onion soup in like an instant pot, that's the biggest problem with the instant pot is it doesn't do the the love and attention to the onions that's needed. So your onions kind of come out a little bit crunchier. So we'll give it another minute or so, and then we'll start caramelizing. Do you have any tips for people on chopping onions? I've heard putting a slice of bread in your mouth. I've heard chewing gum. (laughs) Are you you just like me? You just kind of put up with it. No. Okay. So I, I have two tricks. I have no idea whether they're scientific or not, um, but both of them were taught to me by professional chefs. Uh, The first trick is to keep your onions in the fridge, an onion that comes out of the fridge and is cut for whatever reason, doesn't make you cry. Uh, The second trick is, and let me actually, I'm going to grab an onion for you so I can show you the part that I'm talking about. So the second trick is to actually never cut off this little butt part of it. The one, the one that actually connects to like the root in the ground. If you don't ever cut that part off, apparently it doesn't release whatever makes you cry. Um, both tricks work for me, uh, the fridge and this trick. And I know that they work because I've actually cut onions that have not been stored in the fridge and they make me cry. But when I cut onions that have been stored in the fridge, they don't make me cry. So again, it's, there's like, I have no science behind it. It's just, People have been telling me that that works and I tested it out and it worked. All right. So um, we are now at the step where we're ready to start caramelizing these onions. So I'm going to show you what these onions look like. So you can see they're a little bit more reduced down than they were before. They've got a little bit more of like a beige tint than a white tint. So there's multiple ways to caramelize onions. People do it different ways. I prefer the method of using sugar. Um, so again, I use brown sugar for mine. Uh, the, the trick to it is you want the onions like heavily coated in sugar. Um, and you also want to turn the heat down a little bit. So I turn mine from medium to medium low. Um, cause you really don't want the sugar to burn. You want it to like coat and cook within the onions. So, I have no measurements for you. I just will, I'll show you how much I add to it once I add it and you can see how coated it is. You and I are very similar that way, Nina. Yeah. I, I measure almost never. Yeah, I don't, I don't love cooking with like a, with, with a recipe. I just kind of like feeling it out. Um, and you'll notice I'm like scraping at the sugar because it is solidified a little bit in this airtight jar. Okay. So let me show you where our sugar is at once I give it a little stir. You can see it now. It's now taking on a little bit of a brown color here. So I probably added about two tablespoons. Yeah, I'd say about two tablespoons of sugar. I think I'm going to add a little bit more because, as you remember, I'm experimenting with like a weird bread, the only one that I had available. So we're going to go for a little bit of a sweeter flavor on the French onion soup than is the classic flavoring. So let me add a little bit more of the sugar and then we'll be ready to let it sit and caramelize. So I added, I probably added another half of a tablespoon. So we're, you know, about 
two and a half to three tablespoons. And that's if you're using two whole onions. All right. So we're going to let this caramelize down probably for another two or three minutes. And I think we have another video. I believe we do, Kat. Okay, I have a treat for you. Here's Congressman Rick Larson from Washington's 2nd Congressional District. Hi there, it's Congressman Rick Larson, and I wanted to wish the members of Washington Indivisible a happy holiday season. We've got a lot of work done over the last couple of years uh, forwarding a positive and progressive agenda for the United States, including uh, lowering prescription drug costs, including passing uh, the first uh, first gun safety legislation in uh, 28 years out of the U.S. House uh, through the Senate and to the President uh, signed it into law. We passed a major bipartisan infrastructure law, passed the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is a major uh, contribution in the fight against climate change. But we still have work to do. We have to pass a Voting Rights Act. We have to pass the Electoral Count Act. Uh, we have to um, take further steps in, um, in fighting um, uh, gun violence in this country. And we continue the fight to protect, protect a uh, woman's right to choose a reproductive health care. But meantime, uh, I hope everyone is able to celebrate a uh, safe holiday season. Happy holidays and happy new year. What a wonderful message, I, I thought, from uh, Congressman Larson. And Nina, I it really is striking to hear our members talking about progressive accomplishments, isn't it? It is because when we look at the like breadth of what progressives have accomplished, it defies what the common idea of what a progressive agenda looks like. When you think about progressives, you often think about uh, really far left-leaning ideas that that absolutely exist within our agenda, right? Affordable healthcare for everybody, access to free healthcare for everybody, access to free education, real climate change bills and environmental bills. But within all of that, one of the things that we have been doing as a movement, I think, is really reframing the conversation to say that access to affordable prescription drugs is also a part of this larger conversation. Infrastructure is a basic right, right? Access to infrastructure that that is usable and, and accessible is a basic right that we should all have. And so I really appreciated that he kind of spoke to those items that we worked really hard to push for that don't always fall under that like generic, what does a progressive want? When I think about what we're doing in the new year, I think for focusing at the local level is going to be really important. So that's obviously not something that like a member of Congress is always going to talk about, but thinking about how we can look at infrastructure and like schools and how we can look at climate policies at the city level and the county level is going to be really important and powerful in an off election year. So I'm excited that we like have this larger umbrella that we get to work with to say like all of this stuff is democracy. All of this stuff is part of the progressive agenda. And now I'm going to ask you to put your chef's hat back on. How are things coming? Yes. All right. So we are looking really good with the caramelized onions. I know because I just checked a second ago, but I'll, I'll check again so that folks know. And I'm actually going to show you what it looks like. All right, so you are gonna open the lid and you're gonna see these really nice little like brown onions here, right? And like I mentioned before, the onions have their own 
little oils that they kind of let out. And so you'll see that is right here as a mixture with the onion and the, and the sugar is all nice and coming together here. So what we're going to be doing now is uh, another really important step in not just the caramelization process, but in the flavoring for the, the French onion soup as a whole. And this is where we add our vinegar. So again, you can use regular old red wine. Whatever red wine you have is totally fine. You can use white wine vinegar, balsamic vinegar. I use a white balsamic vinegar. Um, and also, again, I don't do any measurements. So I'm going to tell you what I do is I pour it until it's like just barely covering all of the onions. And this part of the process is also going to be a trick that you can use to caramelize onions for other things if you don't have any sugar available. So another way to caramelize onions is actually to use balsamic vinegar. It adds a little bit more of a um, acidic flavor, I'd say, but it's a good option for caramelizing if you don't have sugar. Um, and you can use those onions on anything that you do. So you are going to want, I'm going to show you in a second how much of this white balsamic vinegar I added. So we've got a nice little layer. So you're going to see the onions are kind of sitting in just a little pool of the balsamic vinegar. You are going to leave it uncovered now, and you're going to put the the heat back up to medium. And what you want the onions to do is you actually want the onions to soak up all of the balsamic vinegar. So you, you want to get it to a place where there is very, very little liquid left in there. You either want that liquid to have evaporated or the onions to have soaked in all of that flavor. Well, then this is a good time for another break. Kat, do we have uh, another uh, member of Congress that we're going to hear from tonight? Yeah, let's go to the Dean of the Washington House Delegation, Congressman Adam Smith from my district. That would be Washington's ninth. Hello, I'm Adam Smith, the congressman who represents the ninth district of the state of Washington. I want to thank Eastside Indivisible for all their incredible leadership this year and wish you all uh, happy holidays uh, and hopefully a great 2023. 2022 actually turned out okay. Nothing is perfect, of course, and there are always challenges. But Congress got a lot done this year. I don't know. It's hard to say what's most significant, but the Inflation Reduction Act stands out for me just because of the major commitment it made to getting us off of fossil fuels as our energy source. A real commitment to dealing with climate change, not just a pledge, but actual money behind it. Um, and of course, that bill also helped bring down health care costs and extend the Affordable Care Act. Um, we also, of course, passed the American Recovery Act to help people pay for housing, education, food, all manner of different issues that became very difficult during the pandemic. So, so progress was made. We even did better in the election as Democrats than we expected. Sadly, we did not hold on to the House, but came closer than anyone expected. We actually picked up a seat in the Senate. So overall, you know, a job well done, but more, more work to do in the future. But I hope the successes of 2022 um, inspire folks to keep working, keep trying to make a difference and, and advance an agenda for the American people people um, that is in keeping with our values. So I thank Eastside Indivisible for all their great work. Enjoy our time uh, working together and look forward to, to doing so in the new year. So again, happy holidays and thank you. 
Congressman Adam Smith, uh, thanks to you for that wonderful holiday message. Nobody's perfect, he says, and uh, certainly that's true, but there was so much that got accomplished uh, in this last year, and I, I he is not the first person to, to say so even tonight, but the Inflation Reduction Act, the climate provisions were historic, uh, the health care provisions, it was absolutely a game changer. And then, of course, he shifted over to Kat to talk about some of the things that are coming up in the new year. As you mentioned, this is your congressman. Uh, he called out uh, your home individual Indivisible group, uh, Indivisible East Side. How did his greeting land with you? Oh, I was so grateful for it. Uh, first of all, what people may or may not understand about Congressman Smith is he's really a pessimist. So hearing him talk about, on a positive note, the work that we have coming up, the progressive work that we have coming up is actually really encouraging. Um, I, I think that going into 2024, so we're in an off year now, but going into a presidential election year means that we need to take all that energy that we created this year and really supercharge that in terms of our collaborations and our relationships. We need to grow the number of people who are ready to take action so that we are ready to hit the ground running in 2024. Not that I'm jumping the gun or anything, but... Um, you know, this is a great year for us here in Washington state. We have state and local elections this year, and we know that the battle lines have already been drawn. So we got a great start in 22. We're going to hone those skills in 23. And then by gosh, we're going to pick up even more seats in 24. Nina, back over to you. All right. So um, at this step in the process, you are going to want to turn on your oven. So as I mentioned earlier, we have two ingredients that we use to top your French onion soup. If you've ever had French onion soup at a restaurant um, or at home, uh, however you, you've consumed it, you'll see on top there are the pieces of bread and then melted cheese and the cheese is all bubbly and crispy that is accomplished through using an oven you can use either your traditional oven that is under your stove or you can use a little toaster oven i've used both and both work really well um, the toaster oven actually is faster because the heat is like right on top of it the regular oven takes a little bit longer but i'm going to use the regular oven today so you're going to want to put it to, um, I, I like to do it to 475. That's because our oven runs a little bit cooler. Um, so you're going to want it anywhere between 450 and 500 to really get that nice broil. So I'm going to show you what your onions should look like before you move to the next step. So here we are. These are nice and like brown and caramelized. I'm going to give it a little stir so you can really see like what the consistency and the texture should be like. Do so you want to be coming together just like that? All right. So remember at this point of the process, we have just had the, the onions sitting and cooking in my choice is white balsamic vinegar. You might be using red wine or, or regular balsamic vinegar. So now we're at the process where we're going to be adding flour in what the flour does is it actually like, pulls all of it together. I think, I think the word, the scientific word is it's an emulsifier, I think. So you're going to be bringing all of it together so that when you add the broth, it really takes on that like beautiful consistency of like a thick soup that tastes kind of creamy, but doesn't actually have any cream in it. That that's how that's, that's what the purpose of this flour is for you bringing all these onions together. So for this one, again, I don't use measurements, but I just am using a tablespoon spoon because it's the easiest one to get the flour in. So you're just going to go into your flour. You're going to take a nice 
little tablespoon of it and we're gonna sprinkle it on. I'm gonna show you what it looks like sprinkled on after I do it, do a little bit more. So I use about, I'd say about two and a half tablespoons is what I used for my onions. All right, so you're gonna see the onions are nice and coated with flour and I'm gonna give it a little stir. Another function that the flour serves in this process is it soaks up any remaining liquids that you've got going in your pots. It's good if you're getting to the process and the onions are stuck to your little spatula here because that means the flour and the onions are all working together. It's nice and emulsified here. So here we are. It's a nice little pile of caramelized onions. We're, we're almost to the finish line here. So what I am gonna be doing is I'm gonna be adding the chicken stock into the soup and then we're gonna put the lid back on and we're gonna let it cook for about 10 to 15 minutes so it really takes everything in. Um, and I'll, I'll be adding in spices here and there. I'm gonna show you uh, how I do it at the start and again, to your, to your liking. So you're gonna wanna taste the broth uh, every couple of minutes to see does it need a little bit more salt? Does it need a little bit more uh, if you are choosing sage and rosemary or thyme, pepper, whatever you're choosing to do? So in terms of the amount of broth that I use for a recipe that calls for two onions, I choose to use about two quarts of the chicken stock. Um, I really like uh, a lot of broth in my soup. Some people prefer their soup to have more of the like ingredients in it and they want a little bit less broth so you don't have to use two, but there is gonna be evaporation. We are done with adding the broth. I am gonna add a little bit more of the pepper, the salt, the sage, the rosemary, and the garlic powder. I'm gonna give it a nice stir. I'm gonna put the lid on and I'm gonna let it cook on medium to low heat for about 10 to 15 minutes. So you really wanna bring all those flavors together. So I'll see you in about 10 to 15 minutes. I'm Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal, and I'm honored to serve Washington's 7th Congressional District in the House of Representatives. From the bottom of my heart, from my family to yours, happy holidays. Though we may come from different cultures and traditions, we come together during the season to reflect in gratitude for all of our successes throughout the past year. And there is so much to celebrate. Through your organizing and support, we were able to make the largest investment in climate action ever to advocate for the president to cancel student loan debt and so much more. And while 2023 and a Republican controlled house may seem daunting, we are undaunted because as organizers and advocates in this fight, we know our power and we will continue to use it to put our hands on that moral arc of the universe and bend it more quickly towards justice. So please take this time to rest, relax and recharge for all that comes next. Happy holidays, may it be filled with joy and with justice. Well, we all recognize, of course, uh, 7th District Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal. Uh, wonderful message from her. Uh, I actually really liked her sense of defiance going into next year with a GOP-led House. Uh, we know that we're going to face some uphill battles 
And I think uh, the Democrats in the House are going to. Uh, but she appears ready to fight. Uh, but Nina, how did how did that land with you? Her message, I think, really uh, directing a lot of her her thanks and gratitude toward uh, progressives. Yeah, I mean, I think she sits in a really um, a really interesting district that she there there are naturally a lot of progressives or folks who associate with that the progressive agenda in her district, but there are, are also a lot of people that don't. There's a really big tech industry in her district, and there are a lot of folks that wish that um, she was probably a little bit more fiscally conservative. And time and time again, she proves to be a really strong champion for the progressive agenda and progressives in general. And she's been really generous with. With her time with Indivisibles and with her support of what we've been doing and being able to help move our agenda along. So, I mean, she's she's awesome. We we love her at Indivisible National. I know the Washington Indivisibles love her. And I'm looking forward to seeing what she's able to do and accomplish, which I think is going to be a lot with a GOP-led House. I think this is just another challenge for her, just like establishing the Progressive Caucus was. Like, I think this is just going to be another challenge that we get to see her dominate at. All right. How's our soup coming? All right. Our soup is ready to be ladled and stuck in the oven to get that nice, bubbly, crispy cheese. Um, so I I want to say with like all the fervor in the world, you have to use a bake bowl if you're going to put it in the oven. It has to be oven safe. Um, these ones are William and Sonoma one that I got at Goodwill. Um, and you know that it's oven safe because it'll tell you it's oven safe at the bottom. Like don't just put any bowl in your oven. It will explode um, and be a really big hassle. So uh, I'm going to show you what this soup looks like when it's ready to be ladled. And I'm bringing my little mozzarella oven mitt. If you can see, this was a, a, a gift to us and it just has endless photos of the most adorable dog on the whole planet, little mozzarella. And uh, yeah, she joins me in the kitchen as my little sous chef every day when I'm cooking. All right, so here we are. This is how your soup should be. You want it to be at a nice little rolling boil by the time you're ready to ladle it. And as you can see, uh, some of it has evaporated as well. So we're going to ladle this into the bowl, and then I'm going to show you what it looks like when we top it off. So remember, if you used a whole garlic, you've got some garlic cloves in here. Um, some people really like garlic cloves. Feel free to soup those in um, to, to the bowl. Some people don't love garlic cloves, so you can keep an eye out for them. So let me top this off with some breadcrumbs and cheese, and then I will show you what it should look like before we put it in the oven. I like to use a lot of cheese, but that's because I am just a, a cheese lover. Obviously, I named my dog mozzarella, so clearly a, a lover of cheese and other dairy products. But, um, you know, use it to your heart's content. A true classic onion soup is actually going to be placed onto another dish when it's put in the oven and they actually cover the entire thing in cheese. So when you get it from a restaurant and the cheese is like melting over the sides and it's all crispy on the sides, that's because it's baked on top of another 
plate. I don't do that because I don't like to fuss with the the mess and use more dishes. Um, but if you want to do it that way, that's also a way you can do it. And you're going to need about double the amount of cheese. So let me show you what it looks like. We've got this one right here. So we've got a nice little layer of the bread. And then we've got a nice thick layer of cheese going in. You're going to want to put it on the top shelf of your oven. Um, or if you're using a, um, if you're using a toaster oven, there's only one shelf. So you want it to be as close to the heat as possible because we want to get it nice and bubbly. I will see you in about five minutes. And while we are waiting for that count, we have one final message, don't we? We do. Unfortunately, Congresswoman Del Bene wasn't able to get us a video in time, but she was able to send us a message. Um, and it's actually really excusable that she wasn't able to get us a video in time, considering that she's just been named the new chair of the DCCC. So that's yeah. super exciting. Um, we send our best wishes to Washington Indivisible this holiday season and look forward to connecting again in the new year. Thank you, Congresswoman Del Bene, for fighting, for fighting for children, for fighting to now to elect and reelect outstanding members. While we are waiting for our finished product here, I will ask both of you if you have special things that you make uh, this time of year uh, that might be a little off the beaten path, uh, family recipes, things like that. Kat, what do you make this time of year? The only thing I cook regularly is um, we get together and do family cookie events where we make cookies and mine are all American traditionals, uh, you know, chocolate chip cookies, peanut butter blossoms, that sort of thing. Um, but my big thing is I make soup. I make I make turkey soup after the holidays every single time. So twice a year, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, I make turkey soup. And I very much do it by feel, just like you do, Nina. Well, Nina, are, are there special things that you and your family make this time of year? Yeah. So um, my family being, you know, Iranian, we're, uh, we're not the biggest fans of like a traditional bread stuffing when it comes to Thanksgiving. So my mom, uh, when we were younger, created a rice stuffing recipe that has uh, walnuts and dates and raisins and uh, lentils and lots of spices. And it's just like a really delicious um addition to the Thanksgiving uh, spread. And then my dish that I've been making now for almost, I'd say like maybe almost 10 years as a con contribution to either Thanksgiving or Christmas is a cauliflower mac and cheese. So you use cauliflower instead of uh, pasta and it is a crowd favorite and it's the most requested dish I ever get um, when we're doing family functions. And I hope to be able to pass the recipe on for generations to come. I should probably write it down if I want to pass it on. <laughs> Next year, we're doing that. I can already hear people yes. saying, hey, how can I make that? So next year, yes. we'll be sharing that recipe. <laughs> Here's In a question. Here's a question. Can we do a Smacky Mac versus Collie Mac like Bake Off? Yes, we absolutely can. For those who don't know, Ezra made a dish when he was a child and makes it now every year. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's Smacky Mac. Did I get it right? I think that's what he calls it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, the one thing I love about mac and cheese is that you can do so much with it by adding like one ingredient. Like if I'm feeling fun and feeling like I'm wanting to go out of the box, I'll add like mushrooms 
to my mac and cheese or I'll top it with caramelized onions or I'll chop in some turkey bacon into it and just add such a nice flavor. And I'll shout out my favorite, favorite mac and cheese dish is actually a hot Cheetos mac and cheese. It's from a restaurant called The Attic in Long Beach, my old home. Um, and it is exactly what it sounds like. It's mac and cheese. And then they crunch up flaming hot Cheetos and put it on top and mix it in and then put more on top. And it's unbelievable. I don't want to know how many calories it is or how many grams of sodium it is, but it's absolutely unreal. Hands and it's pink and it is pink. And I know this because we actually sampled some here in the box yes. form that <laughs> it comes with the flame and hot Cheetos powder. I believe it's the Kraft macaroni and cheese. Uh, it is in fact spicy. I was, I was it very surprised. Spicy. Yeah. So I'm it guessing is. that's a fan favorite of the weed crowd. I would imagine. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> they should sell boxes of that at the dispensary. In, <laughs> in our family, we make orange bread and it, this goes wow. back to when my mom lived in Hawaii from a, it's from a little restaurant called Stewart's in Hawaii. I don't even know if it's still there, but my mom managed to get the pry, basically the recipe from the proprietors there. And we've made it ever since I was a little kid. Uh, you have to toast it and you have to butter it. And it's amazing. And I've actually been the one who's taken on the recipe for the last 15, maybe 20 years. And so I'll be making that on Friday night. Looking forward to that. Yeah. But Jan did the hard work of actually getting the recipe. You better be the one making it. I'm going to say she's an <laughs> awfully good winkler. She can winkle things out of anybody. <laughs> All right, folks. We are ready to take the soup out of the oven and I'm going to need a second oven mitt for it because it is going to be very, very hot. All right, folks, here we are. You've got the nice bubbly cheese. You can see it's still bubbling on here and the crispy little bread and it is ready to be enjoyed. Hey. Love that. I want to know what the raisin walnut bread tastes like in, in onion soup. It's going to be an experiment. I, I do. <laughs> I do my, my onion soup a little bit sweeter, especially like the white balsamic vinegar is like much sweeter than if you use red wine. Red wine has like no sweetness to it at all. Um, so I think it'll be fine with this combination, but with red wine, I imagine it would be a, an a more interesting combination. I'll just say, if you're using red wine, just go to the store and get a regular baguette or a sourdough baguette. Um, don't use whatever leftover raisin walnut bread you have in the fridge. <laughs> well, listen, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, Nina, uh, how much I appreciate you, everything that you do, everything uh, that you uh, bring to us here in Washington. Uh, we are absolutely we're, we're so lucky to have you uh, so, so thank you for everything you do and thanks for sharing the recipe tonight thank you so much for having me this was a lot of fun um if you haven't heard me say it before uh in my opinion food is like one of the the most important things to bring people together uh, and it's beautiful to get to share recipes and uh to be able to talk about really serious things around something that's not so serious but very enjoyable at the same time i completely agree i, I think food is a, is a wonderful buffer uh, i think it allows us to talk about a lot of things that are yes. difficult and and uh, and it fuels us to do the work. Kat, um, you are uh, just an absolute inspiration to everybody in the state. Uh, thank you for everything that you do. Uh, this, you know, we're, we're also similarly in your debt. 
Thank you, friends. And I really want to say thank you to everybody for all of your incredible efforts this year in this election cycle. This was not easy. We are being told every two years now that this is the most important election of our lifetimes. And quite honestly, it continues to be true. So thank you so much for everything that you do and for stepping up. Uh, Indivisible is no longer the new kid on the block. We are going to be six years old. We have real grassroots power now, and it is thanks to each and every one of you. So I'm going to leave you with two messages from individuals that you worked very hard for this election, and it really, really paid off. First is from 8th Congressional District Congresswoman Kim Schreier, and then 3rd Congressional District Congresswoman-elect Marie Glusenkamp-Perez. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful holiday and a happy new year, and we'll see you next year. Hello, Indivisible. Kim Schreier here, and I'm coming to you from our new office in Washington, D.C. As we change Congresses, we have the opportunity to change offices. And this is a pretty momentous changing. It's a changing of the guard as well. Uh, Today was my last day working with Speaker Pelosi as Speaker and with Leader Hoyer as Leader. And they're both staying but moving on to new roles. I just want to say to you at this holiday time and this time of transition what an honor it is to represent you here in Washington, D.C. I look forward to our next meeting and I want to thank you for working so hard to preserve our democracy. It takes work, it takes nurturing, and you are doing that work to make our democracy even stronger and better than before. Thank you and happy holidays. I just want to thank you all so much for all the work you did this year, all the doors, all the texts, the wet socks, the cold hands, uh, the paper cuts, the texting. Thank you all so much for the work. Uh, We did it. We protected democracy. That's an ongoing cause, but in this election, it really mattered. And I'm so deeply grateful for all of you for showing up and helping us do that work. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I all hope you have a restful holiday season and get to spend some time with your families. Thank you so much. And that'll do it for this week. The executive producer of the show is Kat Pipkin. If you would like to see a video version of this podcast, head to facebook.com slash indivisible podcast. The email address for the show is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Lori Kowal. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. I'm Stephen Cox, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.